you know, nor in a normal year, 20% of schools go out of business anyway. And a lot of those are weighted towards people who have been uh, open for a year, year and a half, two years. Um, I'm guessing somewhere between 35% and, and, and 50% of schools across the board went out of business. And, but it, worse than that is. For over 260 episodes, Dwayne Brummett and Ali Albarigo have been sharing how to take your martial arts school to the next level. Welcome to another edition of SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Now here's your host, Dwayne and Ali. Well, hello again. Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, good to be with you, sir. And it's great to also be with the uh, uh, the famous Stephen Oliver. And uh, I know, uh, Ali, you got a quick bio that you want to go over. We I, yeah, I, I said we're going to have to shorten this because uh, we could actually take the whole podcast to talk about his bio. And yeah, and I'm going to try like I've tried to condense it down, too, but there's just so many great things to chat about. So let me quickly say um, our next guest. And I met Master Oliver many years ago. We probably met at the one of the conventions. And then we used to have our booths next to each other in uh, Atlantic, Atlantic City, City for many years and hung out and chatted and been out to dinner and so on. So um, I want to quickly give you a little idea of the background. And Master Oliver started martial arts in 1969 with June Rhee, um, worked his way through Georgetown University, expecting to go on to get an MBA and then move on to Wall Street. And um, he had other aspirations of being the next kickboxing champion. He trained under Jeff Smith and the the whole stable of fighters in that organization. Um, but instead of that direction, he moved to Denver in 1983 and he opened, listen to this, five martial arts schools in 18 months, six of them within 30 months, and he grew to a staggering 2,500 active students with over a million dollars in revenue. And here's the thing, he was only 25 years old. And he went on to becoming a founding member of EFC, Educational Funding Company. He was one of the board of directors, I should say. Um, and uh, he was a national speaker for close to 20 years. In 89, he ran tournaments for NASCA, and then he had mile-high karate tournaments, and he had his own circuit. Um, then he went on to get, if he, if he didn't accomplish enough with just that, he had gone on to get his MBA in 1992, and then he published his first book, uh, which was on uh, the martial arts and internet marketing, and then seven books after that. And uh, by the way, you could get the books at martialartwealth.com, and we'll put some of the links up for Master Oliver after that. Now, I, I could go on and on and on. He's uh, the founding member of uh, mile high karate so the schools and uh, just doing so much stuff so great guy and a great honor to have him here today welcome sir and thanks for being with us oh it's about damn time yeah thanks for uh, thanks for having me we should have done this a long time ago yeah thank you very much for being here so let's just jump right in we love to get into what we call the little golden nuggets so that all the listeners who are um watching our podcast live or, you know, at future dates, you know, we want them to get some value out of it. So tell us your opinion on the state of uh, the martial art industry around the United States, around the world um, with COVID and without it, et cetera, et cetera. What are your thoughts? Sure. And Dwayne, were you going to say something? I, I, all I was going to say is the only reason I'm known anywhere uh, is because of Stephen Oliver. Well, I, I take that as high praise. Thank you so much, Dwayne. It is. I mean, I was a coaching client of yours for, for 18 months. Uh, and, uh, and I, I remember six months into the program, you're like, are, are you like ready to finally do something? Fine. And then, and I go, yeah, yeah, I am. And then that first, and that, that month, when you finally kicked me in the butt and I listened to you, uh, you know, I did $46,000 that month. And, mm -hmm. and I was just like, I was amazed, you know, but you had enough patience with me to wait until, you know, about six months into it before you beat me over the head. I mean, verb, you know, not literally, but yeah. So I, I usually know. whack people in the shins with a scream of sticks rather than. Over yeah. The head. What's that saying though? Um, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, right? That's, you know, so it had to be your time. So that's yeah. great. So, so what do you think Master Alvar on, on the state of our industry real, real quick? Well, you know, th this could be an hour in and of itself. Right. Um, I, I, I guess what shocked, amazed, and depressed me was how many otherwise smart people, and, and as you guys both know, I mean, pretty much everybody in the top 1% of our industry is either a client, former client, or a, a close friend of mine. And everywhere you look, there were people who had 
seven locations, 15 locations, 30 locations, one huge location who just imploded, right. um, either completely out of business or, you know, big operators down 50%, 70%, 75%. And, you know, I've been joking behind the scenes is we're kind of looking at the map going, okay, which governors tried to kill all small businesses, which ones didn't try to kill all small businesses. So Ali, where you're at, you know, you're cursed with New yeah. York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, all of whom tried to kill all businesses in yeah. your areas, especially, you know, it is like Cuomo and de Blasio. Oh, but, but the, uh, but I was just shocked at how many smart people were completely unable to adapt in, mm-hmm. and in, um, um, I keep guessing, and I've talked to a couple of the billing companies who would have a pretty good sense. I haven't talked to uh, Century and so forth. You know, nor in a normal year, 20% of schools go out of business anyway. And a lot of those are weighted towards people who have been uh, open for a year, year and a half, two years. Um, I'm guessing somewhere between 35% and, and, and 50% of schools across the board went out of business. And but worse than that is probably 80% of the ones that are remaining were down 50% or 75% or 80%. And, uh, you know, I, I was, you know, working with uh, a little bit with Danny Shulman and Bill Clark and Ernie Reyes and, you know, other people like that. Um, but, you know, what, what happened is it was, it, was, it was amazing to me because I would talk to a school owner who was whining and moaning about COVID. And I'd say, well, okay, so, you know, let's say this was uh, July. So March, April, May, June, July, five months into it. And I'd say, okay, well, how far down are you? You know, what, what's going on? He goes, well, I've lost 40% of my student body or 35% of my student body. I said, well, just out of curiosity, last year, what was your monthly dropout rate? Well, what do you mean? Well, okay, on an average month, how many people did you lose? Therefore, how many people did you need to uh, you know, put in to stay even. A lot of them would be, be you know, by the time you got there, because they didn't really know, it would be like 7%. Okay, so 7%, one, two, three, four, five months, that's 35%. Of course, it, you know, starts compounding a little bit. Uh, so you're whining and moaning because you're down 35%. How many new enrollments did you do in April? How many new enrollments did you do in March? How many new enrollments did you do in May? Well, almost always, they just like curled up in the fetal position Maybe they started doing Zoom classes. They stopped all their marketing activities because somehow they thought that, you know, you couldn't do it. And they were down almost in direct proportion to what their normal dropout rate would have been anyway, right? Now, certainly some of them had a a spike in dropout rate. Um, You know, the worst in our industry is, and you guys both know this, you know, a lot of martial artists are exercising their own hobby. So they want to have the 22-year-old male come in as a student because they're going to be a great fighter, whatever. Well, we know demographically, and in the last great recession, what we knew was men under 30, especially less than a college degree, certainly high school degree or high school dropout, every time there's a downturn, they get wiped out. Women, not so much. Because women, uh, you know, 60% of college graduates are women nowadays. They're more likely to be in professional roles. But if you're, if you're targeting that 30 and under male demographic that aren't lawyers and doctors and, you know, they've got their masters or whatever, they're always getting wiped out. Anytime there's a downturn, they get wiped out. So, and by the way, they're also the flakiest group. They're the group that's most likely to live in their parents' basement playing video games nowadays. So... <laughs> You know, what happens is martial artists who target that particular demographic because it's cool or because they want to have sparring partners or because they want they you know, they think they're going to bring in a 22 year old and make them the next world champion. Well, I got to tell you, most of the world champions started when they were seven, not when they were 22. Right. right. But but that's part of it is you, you see, you know, the guys who are focused on like mostly MMA and they're mostly bringing that group in that group got wiped out and they always do. I mean, it's it's not like it should have been a shock. So my sense is that the industry had just been decimated. On the flip side, most of my guys are, are either even or they're up 10, 20, 30%. I have a, a ton of clients in January, February, March this year are hitting all-time records and who are doing you know, 18, 18, 20, 25, 30, 35 enrollments all the way back in, uh, in March, April last year when things were being shut down. We just shifted our marketing quickly. That's you know, Dwayne, you, you know my background enough. I mean, 
you know, I went through divorce and bankruptcy in the eighties and one thing or another, I've been through enough that like stuff like this doesn't bother me that much. And so we just adapted. We said, okay, well, we're not going to be out the theaters for black widow. Cause that's not going to happen. And we're not going to be out at a big July 4th event. Cause that's not going to happen. However, Facebook engagements up 686%. Yeah. People are actually reading email for the first time in like five years. I mean, I was over email, but they started reading their email. I mean, st there was changes that happened. And, and frankly, even Google search people, you know, everything was locked down and people were still searching for martial arts lessons going all the way back to, uh, to July. So there were lots of opportunities for those people who didn't curl up in a fetal position and freak out and, and do that. So, you know, my guys are doing great. We're, we're doing great. You know, my uh, uh, franchise schools are, are mostly up uh, in 2020 over 2019. But the, you know, the industry generally has been wiped out mostly because, I mean, there aren't business people, you know, very often in the martial yeah. arts and, you know, any little ripple is, uh, is something they don't adapt to very quickly. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I talked to so many people when COVID first hit that had shut doors like they were like, the, well, we do uh, self-defense. We can't teach on Zoom. I'm like, why? Why can't you? Well, we can't touch each other. I'm like, but you're, you can't take your imagination and think of a drill, an exercise, a class that you could teach that you could do without having contact. So um, we adapted immediately. Like we were closed down on the 16th. I think that was, I forget what day it was. I think it was a Monday. That was a Monday. Yeah, by Tuesday, we were up and running doing yeah. Zoom classes and fully engaged. Now, we did lose a lot of people, um, you know, so we and, and now that we're back, we're actually probably about maybe 10 to 20 percent lower than what we were pre-COVID numbers. But we've grown. I mean, so um, it, it, you're right. You have to. Dwayne and I were advertising on Facebook the minute COVID hit. We had our online programs. We were doing Zoom privates. We were doing everything we could to keep the school relevant and alive. So I'm glad that you say that because a lot of people like I think a lot of them wanted to shut down. They just needed an excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, you said it uh, right at the outset. They have this excuse that they can't do it with Zoom. Right. I mean, you know, we ran several sessions for BJJ guys and I'm not a you know, BJJ stylist, but for the BJJ guys with some of the top people in the country of here's how you make a, you know, a grappling dummy out of pillows and right, right. a grappling dummy you can order. And here's how you teach grappling without a partner. And here's how you get the little brother, little sister to be, you know, I mean, all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, because you just adapt and you do what you, you know, the guys who said, well, you know, I zoom. The other thing that, that I saw is they'd say, well, okay, if I'm doing zoom, it's like worth $49 a month. It's not worth $200 a month. Well, Crazy. no, I mean, you know, listen to their excuse the rest of the time, you know, in the kids market, the excuse is there's baseball, there's soccer, there's hockey, I can't get, you know, in Texas, everybody's playing base, you know, um, uh, football, I can't get them and, you know, up north, everybody's playing hockey. It's like, well, what's your excuse now? Everything else is shut down. Yeah. They're desperate for something to do the right. schools have completely abdicated responsibility and shut down the kids have a year off of of anything productive i mean it's it's just it's just criminal what's happened there we can be the saving grace and and that's yeah. we got hundreds of testimonials of parents going oh my god you're the only thing that saved my son's sanity you're the only thing that saved my daughter's sanity absolutely uh, you know it, it, it to me it got rid of all of the excuses separate the wheat from the chaff and then you either step up to the plate and you 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 go with it or, or not and you know what um Dwayne and I chatted about this in the past too like zoom actually is a blessing in disguise like it came out to be something that I've gotten more students that haven't trained with me in 15 years that live in different states even countries that are now back as members and, and they're okay with doing zoom classes they don't get the personal attention that they did when we were just zooming but yeah. we have free camera angles running at all times in our school and uh, they're training and also the great thing is every time a kid that would lose motivation because they're not coming to class, maybe because of schedule, the parents are working late or whatever. Now they have no excuse. So I'm like, you could just zoom. You don't have to miss. So our kids are attending way more. I think my, um, my attendance, uh, uh, missed classes, missing in actions dropped to like 2% okay. now. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. So what are your thoughts, Dwayne? Well, you and I, the, the nice thing was, is Allie and I bounced ideas back and forth. And so, you know, having some sort of, uh, of group of, of individuals that actually are looking at it as an opportunity, as opposed to a detriment, you know, even though obviously there was freak out moments, but, you know, we didn't stay in, in there. I mean, I, we, we, I had uh, a friend of mine who's an Aikido stylist and he's also a, uh, 
psychologist. So, I mean, I created a pod, uh, like a podcast series with him and put that on demand for my parents, uh, you know, to watch. I, I, I hit up a couple of homeschool moms that have been homeschooling for years and I did interviews with them. And, and basically the crux was, you know, now that you're a homeschool parent too, how do you handle this? And so, I mean, I was feeding information to all of my people, even that way, uh, on top of what you guys were already talking about doing. So I guess we just looked at it as, you know, how can we give more and above than what we were already giving um, than what we did before? And we got quite creative, I, th I thought, even just from the, the uh, we did uh, like virtual scavenger hunts to virtual bingo, bingo. we did, did virtual, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, so it's amazing. To, to, to give you an example, I, I have one client. I was just we just did a, a interview with him yesterday. At at the beginning of COVID, he was doing about forty thousand a month. Of that forty, about fifteen thousand was transported after school care. Right, school shut down. The daycare thing with the government, and he's in Chicago. That got shut down. So he's got a fifteen thousand dollar chunk out of his revenue that happened. By Christmas, he was doing fifty thousand a month with only traditional Tang Sudo, eliminating all of the other stuff with more active students than he had before, with higher price points that he had before, doing, uh, and, and doing, doing um, remote learning plus Zoom, plus in the park when he could. Of course, you can't do much in you know, Chicago in, in, the, in the winter, but in the parks when they could and uh, social distance in the school when they were allowed to. So, and, and that's, that's a big mistake I saw people make. I saw Danny Shulman do this. I saw other people do this, where they thought that we're going to film you know, people doing the forms right. and we're going to make a video library and then we're going to give them assignments and do it. That's what, you know, my son's school, I mean, are totally incompetent. The public schools here, um, I would have pulled him and put him in uh, the private school he used to be in in August if I had known how incompetent they were going to be. But that's what they're doing. They're posting assignments and they're expecting the kids to pull them in and turn them in. And instead they, you know, in his, his yeah. case, he, he plays video games all day. And, you know, yeah. unless I'm like looking over his shoulder uh, the entire time. So we knew before, in fact, going back to, you know, uh, you guys know probably Chris Pizzo and uh, Matt Fury, you mm -hmm. know, they did that years ago. They were selling how to defend yourself and, you know, mailing VHS tapes and then mailing DVDs and then putting them online. They knew, I knew, we all knew that 99% of them never even popped the shrink wrap. Right. They certainly didn't ever learn how to defend themselves. Right. He morphed it into, you know, I'm teaching you close combat conditioning and you're going to need vitamins. And then he's selling them vitamins because right. that was the only reoccurring revenue stream. But we all knew remote learning, meaning here's the video. June Reed did that years ago. He had all of it on video and give everybody the video. Uh, Tom Callis years ago, I talked to everybody because he had a video studio next to school doing that. And I was always like, well, what, what's the point? I mean, they're not going to go learn this at home they wouldn't be paying us if they could do it nowadays if that's what you were doing you could they could just learn whatever they wanted on youtube for free right we knew it had to be holding their hand it had to be constant support it had to be some personal interaction it had to be group interaction it had to be group feedback they needed stripes still constantly they needed um reports turned in they needed all that feedback i i got all my clients to go get extra textbooks so they go get extra textbooks and hand deliver it to the kids they'd get extra things and hand deliver it a lot yeah. of them got like home training aids and delivered them uh to them from the work you know so what you spend an extra 20 bucks but you really get them engaged and focused yeah. uh, and frankly during during the whole thing i was getting them to raise prices not not uh not lower prices it's uh um you know that's funny you say that. No, that's funny you say that because both Allie and I raised our prices. You know, I don't, Allie, I don't, I did in mine in September. I don't know if you win how early you did yours. Yeah, no, I, I did my, I did mine the minute we were allowed to teach live classes coming back uh, for actually even before when we were doing the classes on Zoom. Um, I didn't raise them up by a ton, but I mean, I raised them up by about 10%. But, uh, but yeah, I don't understand how people, like I had some, I still had a family today that I just chatted with. They were like, well, you know, the Zoom classes weren't the same. We shouldn't be paying the same amount. I said, we're putting in twice the amount of time, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, paying for software, being there for you, giving you all that other interaction, like Dwayne and I said, you know, the, the, the parents' nights out, you know, all these things that we would do extra. How is it not worth it? I, I'd mm -hmm. say, you know, I don't get it. I'd pay that for a, uh, for a client, uh, a, a personal, you know, training with a coach like yourself or, you know, in a heartbeat, right? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. 
And, and Dwayne, you mentioned something really important, I think, and let's not gloss over it. You know, with, with, with our team, and of course, I've got, you know, pretty much everybody I'm working with is top 5% or, or top, you know, even top 1% of, of the industry. But all the way back in March, you know, I was coaching them on what to do. But of course, this is pretty unprecedented. We were making it up as we went. And, um, and thank God, by the way, that it wasn't 15 years ago, pre-Zoom, right. meeting, online video, you know, it would have been much more difficult to adapt, frankly. But, um, but what happened with our group is, is uh, Olga Keith in uh, uh, Oregon, first week of the shutdown, they did a renewal blitz and renewed like 13 people. And, and then um, um, I think it's Sal, had, had a, another client who did the same thing. You know, first week uh, of the shutdown, he did privates on Zoom with everybody and did like 22 renewals. And so now we're having the conversations of, well, how many people do you have that haven't renewed? Let's get them all renewed while, you know, while you've got some extra time. And then we had um, uh, Amanda Olson. She's in a small town in Tennessee. She did from uh, mid-March to um, uh, end of April, I think it was uh, 47 enrollments. And she had been doing some TV stuff that I coached her on already, but she was doing a lot. Uh, we were, we got an agency is doing really well on Facebook. Her, we just tuned and tweaked the first intro, second intro enrollment conference on zoom. How do you do that? How do you get both parents there? How do you handle the facilitate? How do you get the agreement to them? All that kind of stuff. And, and everybody else is saying, Oh my goodness, look at all of the all the renewals they're doing. Oh my goodness. Look at, at, at all of the enrollment she's doing. Okay. I guess it, because the natural inclination was, well, I can't do an enrollment if I'm not face to face with them. I can't do a intro if they can't come into the school. Oh my God, how am I going to handle uh, a group class and still do renewals? But it was that, as you're saying, uh, Dwayne, it was that somebody else hit a piece of it and then everybody else could see that. Then somebody else did another piece of it, and everybody could see that. Everybody else did another piece of it. What I, what frustrated me back, Dwayne, when you were working with me is, you know, it used to be I worked one-on-one with everybody, and then we'd have a group meeting maybe a couple, three times a year. And the one-on-ones I figured out pretty quickly is what was going on in their mind was, yeah, yeah, you can do that, but I'm not you. You're like Tony Robbins slash Tom Hopkins, sure you can do that, but and I that's I, I don't have that skill set. But when you got like, and this was the the beauty of the board of directors with EFC back in the '80s, is I would always sit around the table and go, you know, with Steve Lavalley or um, you know the diff- different guys there, uh, Buzz Durkin and so forth. Is frankly, and I, they're all buddies of mine, but I say, well, that guy's not that bright, and for Christ's sake, he's in Syracuse. If he can do that in Syracuse, I can kick his ass, right? And so it was that, you know, that group interaction. And, and that's what we're doing now. It's small groups so they can say, well, Amanda's in this little small town, dinky town in Tennessee on the, on the edge of the Appalachians. If she can do 100000 a month in the middle of COVID, for God's sake, I can in Chicago. And it changes that dynamic yes. uh, dramatically. Again, you know. I used to have the same thing with staff. They'd be like, oh, yeah, well, sure, you can do it. But right. like, you're the only one that can do it. I heard somebody on marketing say that. They said, well, yeah, you're the only person in the industry ever made direct mail work. It's like, no, I'm just probably the only one who ever tried uh, consistently and repetitiously. Uh, so it, it takes away that, that peer interaction and getting a chance to see what other people have done, like you were talking about, Dwayne, makes all the difference. It, no, it certainly does. Yeah. So let me ask you this. What? Where do you think we go from here with regards to schools? Uh, are we going to be a hybrid now? I mean, do you think that it's always going to be from here on out, Zoom and also, uh, you know, in physical locations? Well, I, I don't know as though it has to be. I, I like it. Um, I like exactly what you were talking about, Ali, is that you're, you're always doing simulcast, if you will. Yeah where you have classes live, you have simulcast. Usually right now, what we're doing is having an instructor monitoring the Zoom and giving feedback and having another instructor in the class, which is a little bit staff intensive. Um, I don't know though, is I I have everything from clients who are trying to teach Tai Chi or Kung Fu or whatever internationally on Zoom Two, they just want to be, everybody comes back in physically every day. And I think wherever you're at is fine. I think there's going to be a lot of emotional scarring 
that goes on with the general population for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, clearly our news media has tried to instill fear every turn, right? You go to the early days and they're ticking off how many cases. Well, it was always irrelevant how many cases. What was relevant was hospitalizations and, and, and fatalities. Uh, what I was doing with our clients is I was going through a CDC date about once a month and going, well, okay, so if you're under 44, which is like 99.99% of our students, you're fine. And if you're 65 and up and diabetic, you're screwed. So we've got to keep, you know, keep this away from the nursing homes, un unlike Governor Cuomo and yes. group. We got to keep this away from nursing homes, keep this away from the grandparents. And my uh, 12 year olds just fine. It's not yeah. going to make any difference whatsoever. But, but again, I mean, Nick Kokinas used to have a great quote. It was experts should be on tap, not on top. And our response to this on a federal and a state level is, is most, most of it, the opposite of that there, there was a news conference. I mean, I don't know, way back early on, I was watching live and it was Trump with the, with the, uh, the crew. And they asked him a question. It was the, the, the suggestion was always he wasn't following the scientists. Right, right. And he said, well, if I just listened to the immunologist, we would be shut down forever. Because that way, yeah. you know, you won't get the flu. You won't get anything else. Yeah. We've got to recognize, and he probably didn't say it as eloquently as this, because a lot of times he didn't. Truth yeah. be but he says, we've got to look at the big picture. And, you know, to me, what happened is, you know, nobody asked the economists, the small business guys, the restaurateurs, you know, the karate school guys, the fitness guys, the educators, what happens if you do this? Um, and perhaps you do have extremes. Maybe Georgia wasn't safe enough and maybe New York was trying to kill all small businesses, maybe a happy medium, but you have to listen to the broad range of opinions and then have somebody who's above the experts make a decision. And I, I think uh, 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 to a great extent, our government has discredited itself at all levels. You know, yeah. this thing. If, if people don't see that, and I think most don't, yeah. but if people don't see that they're, they're really being blind in this deal. Yeah. And you know, that's so true though. I mean, and that's where I also still think about with my particular situation, we're still at 33% capacity. However, there are glimpses of articles that say, okay, well, we're allowed to go to 50% capacity, but then I look it up. The CDC website hasn't even in our area, hasn't been updated in seven months. Yeah. So as they grow or change, nothing's being updated. So no one really knows. And everyone's running their business in fear. Um, in my in my county, we're the only county that actually had people running around doing testing and making sure that our school was COVID safe. Mm -hmm. Suffolk County, I had, you know, town officials come out and walk through the school, measure the boxes, you know, checking the airflow. I mean, making sure I had arrows on the wall so the people knew how to walk in and out of a building without bumping yeah. into each other. It was just the most ridiculous oh, yeah. thing I've ever seen. And I've never been, you know, I, I watched the whole mask thing going on. It's hard for people to understand that people are not doing it even if it was helping people they're not doing it correctly no 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 you know, so so it's a scary concept but people are still like sheep they're following along and and they're just doing whatever they're told it's a shame yeah and and, and so i mean the, the starting point was what does next year or the year after look like you know anecdotally you know most of the schools i'm working with they're having 95 98 99 percent of the students come back in physically yes. which is more than i would have predicted Mm -hmm. given how crazy this has been. And, uh, and people but, are happy though. I mean, when I say to them, you have an opportunity Zoom or, or live, they're like, oh, we don't want to Zoom. We want to come in live. Yeah. You know, and look, I tell them our protocol. They're happy with that. They're like, yeah. You're, they actually have told me that we're safer than any activity their child's doing, dance, football, whatever. They love what we're doing. And, um, you know, so I'm happy that we actually have made them feel that way. That's great. Yeah, and, and we, we did the same thing. We put together like a five-page checklist. You know, everything from check the temperature at the front door and right. hand sanitizer, wash your hands. Here's disposable gloves if you want. No, you can't wear your own gloves in. You know, here's the new filtration system on the HVAC. Here's, you know, the, yeah. the uh, UV filters, you know, in plain sight where people are seeing them, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, the new CDC guidelines on elementary schools and, well, K through uh, 12 is three-foot distance with masks. Yeah. And the reality, again, all you have to do is look at the CDC zone numbers under 44 without comorbidities, the likelihood of hospitalization or, or, uh, or death is, is trivial.
right? There's more, 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 more K through 12 kids killed every year by the flu right. than by, by COVID. You know, the only issue is, of course, is you don't want a 13 year old taking it home to the grandparents who lives with the grandparents. And, you know, granddad is 70 with uh, diabetes. Right. I mean, that, that's, that's the, you know, the, uh, uh, the main thing that's, that's at issue with this, really, when you look under the numbers. Yeah, absolutely. So, Dwayne, did you have any other questions on right now, up to now, or quick? Yeah, I want to move past COVID because I'm really yeah. tired of COVID. Yeah, yeah. aren't yeah. we all? Aren't we all? Yeah. Well, welcome, welcome to a you know a year and two weeks of two weeks to flatten the curve. I guarantee yeah. Trump's pissed off that he ever agreed to that. You know, yeah. if, if you had told him at the time, elementary and middle schools and in sixty percent of the country are still going to be shut down a year later, uh, you know, it, it it probably would have been a different story. That's the truth, no doubt. Yeah, I agree. So let me ask you this then: um, I, for school owners, um, what are the, what would what would you say? Let's maybe do the top three. The top three things that they can do right now to increase their their bottom line, their gross profit. Yeah. No. Well, God, that that could be twenty things, but uh, uh, the first thing is, and and I, and I stole this from Jay Abraham. Is I. That painting back there is the, the facade of Wall Street. But, you know, picture the Parthenon with all the different columns like that. You know, uh, the, the thing I stole from Jay is he talks about always having the Parthenon. You know, if you want 20 new clients among 20 new students, have 20 different things going on. And most martial artists, like, don't do crap right um maybe they were doing birthday parties and they were doing some buddy days and then COVID hit and they just you know curled up in the fetal position didn't have anything going on is i want to have all kinds of stuff going on you know here's five different referral systems we're going to be running constantly here's our online strategy uh everything from podcasts to seo to pay-per-click to facebook and other social media stuff Here's our live events and one thing or another. Here's all our, our grassroots stupid stuff, bandit signs, banners, balloons, all of that kind of stuff. Here's our direct mail strategy, et cetera. Is I think number one, Dwayne, is the minute you open a business, certainly the minute you open a martial arts school, you're permanently and forever in the business of marketing martial arts. And you know, sitting around in your office whining about how bad things are and then teaching the best class, you know, thinking you're the best instructor ever doesn't flood your school. You know, the, your credentials, these guys try to, you know, well, I trained with the Gracie's or I, you know, I went to Japan and learned from the, you know, Hakus, whatever his name is, you know, yeah. the head ninja, nobody gives a shit about any of that stuff, right? You got to be out there pounding the pavement. Um, you know, it's, it's how I did five schools in 18 months, six schools in 30 months, which by the way, is not a recommendation. You know, it, yeah. having my choice, I wouldn't do it that way again. I was young and stupid and ballsy. But um, that's, I think, number one is you've always got to have enough new people coming in. Uh, number two is most schools have an abysmal dropout rate. Um, I use 7% as a, uh, intentionally because I think probably the industry average is somewhere between seven and 10% a month dropping out. So think of it this way. If, in order for me to have 300 active students, if I have 7% a month dropout rate, I need 21 new students each and every month just to stay even. So I'm the hamster on the wheel running really hard every month to get you know, 20, 30 people every month just to stay even, right? Now that's exhausting. Um, what we're getting is, uh, and best I ever saw, by the way, is my friend, uh, Buzz Durkin. And I, I've never seen anybody who can replicate it, but he had 0.7% a month loss, right? Wow. So at 300 active students, they were depressed if they lost a student or two, right? Now, I can't replicate that. That's just, best I can figure out, that's just Buzz. Yeah, right. He's one of these guys that lights up the room and everybody loves him and he's the nicest human being in the world, but we can get to 2%. I've got really big schools, uh, 500 active students that only need like seven, eight, nine students a month to stay even. Uh, and so then if they do 20 students a month, they're growing by 10 or 12 or 15. So, I, you know, number one, Dwayne, I think is constantly be marketing and number two, work on getting your dropout rate so low, you don't need to constantly be marketing, right? Yeah, but yet you still constantly market. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, 
you know me. I mean, everything from Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts to the local churches to, you know, here in Denver, we're marketing through the Denver Broncos, the Denver Nuggets, uh, uh, U.S. West, payroll stuffers. I was in the uh, uh, all the major daily papers for years until they more or less died on TV, infomercials. I mean, I, I always tried to have like 20 or 30 things going on with a big staff. I was more centric on spending money than relying on everybody to be beating the bushes with a single school. Uh, you know, a, a single school owner operator is going to be more effective at let's go out and do black widow. If it ever comes out in the theaters, let's go do the July 4th live events. Let's go do all of that kind of stuff. But so, so that's two is get your dropout rate down at one to 2%. And by the way, that's the cheapest thing to do. It just, you know, it just means you're nice to people. I mean, it's all about rapport and goal setting. You're nice to people and you have them set long-term goals. And then you pay attention to them. You don't lose them through the cracks. That's it, it's much better to enroll people and turn them into black belts than it is to enroll people and have them be eternal dropouts when they get to their goal belt. Right. Yeah. So that's two. The third, I think comes down to uh, st program structure and pricing. Um, you know, our kind of rule of thumb nowadays for a million dollar a year school is 300 active at an average revenue per student of about 300. Now that doesn't mean a new enrollment is 300 a month, but between the, you know, initial tuition on the enrollment, the monthly, the renewal, the initial tuition there, some paid in fulls, one thing or another, if you get about 300 average revenue per student per month, now you're at a $90,000 a month school with 300 active students. And I would, if I'm going to be a $90,000 a month school, I'd much rather be there with 300 than with, with 800 students. I've seen a lot of those. Oh yeah. You, 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 every now and then you see the person who's got the warehouse and they, you know, claim they have 1500 students and they're making uh, you know, 2000 a month net. I, I have no interest in that. Yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, but you know, that those three things is a formula, you know, for netting half a million a year and keeping a school going that's uh, pretty low brain damage. Um, I have a, a school that fits that format exactly up by, by you, Ali. He's in Brick, New Jersey, you know, which is kind of between Atlantic City and yeah. New York City. And, you know, he, he's been thriving all, all of last year, uh, does over a million a year with about 50% uh, uh, to the bottom line and just clicking along uh, up there and growing year over year, uh, every year as well, just getting better, better and better. And his, um, 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 you know, intro enrollment numbers in the peak of COVID and the fall shutdowns and in, in that area were, were, were up year over year. Wow. That's great. So yeah. let me dial in. So then retention, of course, like I always say to people, ret retention is marketing, right? That's, you know, if you're if you're working fully on your retention, that's just like putting an ad, you know, better than putting an ad in the paper because all the people that come through the door are going to stay. So that's just like one of my things. So what do you, what would you say would be the key, maybe two things to keep students longer or, or you know, lower your dropout rate? Is it communication, relationship building, report? What, what are your thoughts on that? This is a big one for the people that are listening. Well, and, and to emphasize what you just said, Going from 4% a month dropout rate, which admittedly would be really, really low for the industry, go, go, go from a 7% dropout rate to a 2% dropout rate is the same as, as jumping your enrollments by 350%. Right. Right. Because you, you, you're having to replace the ones that, that go away. Right. And see, in our industry, I think there's a heavy focus on all the wrong things. And so, you know, some good friends of mine, you know, are running around as gurus to instructors and school owners. And it's all about curriculum and the way you're, you know, the way you're a, a better instructor is disguised repetition and teaching different drills and, you know, learning new curriculum. And we're going to throw in BJJ and we're going to throw in Kali Eskrima. We're going to throw in all the, all this stuff. And again, nothing, there's nothing wrong with curriculum, but I go back to the EFC days and, you know, the EFC days um, you had, for instance, Ernie Reyes, uh, Dave and Tim Kovar, Steve Lavalley, uh, that all had you know really exciting classes in one thing or another. And among those group, the guys who had the most exciting classes, all the instructors wanted to go watch them and train with them and see what was going on, all had the worst dropout rates. Hmm. The best dropout rate was Buzz, who teaches this traditional Okinawan 
uh, curriculum. It's the most boring ass thing I've ever seen. Nothing against Okinawan stylists, but I mean, they teach like four forms over 20 years. Um, I'm exaggerating, but it's yeah, right. And, and, and then the other one was this like traditionalist hybrid ninja guy in, in, in Columbia, Will Mayer. And I, you know, I'm a numbers guy. So I was always looking at this going, well, every, all the martial arts guys are looking at these guys thinking, oh, that's what I need to do. But it's really those guys are, are, are the ones that, that are keeping them. Keith Hafner uh, in that group, he went from like an also ran, you know, I was always trying to get him over 30,000 a month. He and I are good, very good friends. And he went from like 30 to 100 overnight. And the group had him pegged as, wow, Keith has become a marketing genius. I said, well, no. Keith isn't a marketing genius. His dropout rate's half of what Lavalley's is. It's half of what Kovar's is. That was the genius. Right. Is he had he had gotten the retention under control. So it's not. And he's traditional too. I mean, that's just traditional Taekwondo, right? He's traditional, boring Taekwondo. Yeah. Nothing against Keith. I mean, but um, the um, uh, but again, all of the exciting classes and turn up the music, you got the pods and everybody's clapping and the yes claps and none of that stuff matters. Now it's all nice, we do it, but it's all nice. But it's about two things. It's about rapport, relationship, and it's about goal setting, right? So if I take a new student and really recognize you know, I mean, our old rules of thumb were like the, you know, the, the three, you know, greet everybody by name within three foot of the front door, uh, use their name at least three times while they're in the school, use the parents' names at least three times, physically touch them at least three times appropriately, of course. Right. But it's, it's, it's all about relationship, rapport, them really feeling comfortable because, you know, most new students drop out just so they never get comfortable right. with things. And then the second thing is if you can, get them at white belt to really set a long-term goal. They're going to be a black belt and beyond and really commit to that. And I'm not talking about contractually, although we do that, but what I'm talking about is really in their soul commit that this is something I want to do, not for 90 days is something fun to do until summer, but this is something I want to make a lifestyle. Those are the only two things that really matter. Well, right? that kind of goes back to what Allie and I have talked about before. You know, the question, are you a martial artist or do you just do martial arts? And mm -hmm. I think that's where the, the big switch is. The studios that uh, are teaching them to be a martial artist as, as, as it applies to a way of life, as opposed to just doing the martial arts, I think that's where you, you, have, the, um, you have the opportunity then to be remarkable in what you do, um, if that makes sense. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. And the, um, um, but if, when you look at it is if they don't set that long-term goal and really commit to that, as you're saying, uh, Dwayne, making, making them really into a martial artist, making this really into a lifestyle, then it's, you know, it's no different than anything else. Oh, I know where I was going with that is, you know, I, I have um, uh, schools, in fact, probably the biggest in the world uh, up in Philadelphia. One of my clients has um, uh, five locations. He's doing seven million a year doing transport after school care. But if, if somebody's a martial arts school and they're also doing transport after school care, the first question I always ask them is, are you running a daycare or are you teaching martial arts students? And they almost always say, I'm teaching martial arts students, but then they're treating them like it's a daycare. Right. I had a guy in Tennessee and he just couldn't get out. He, he was working with, uh, uh, with my elite and he just couldn't get out of his, you know, out of his own way. Uh, but the, the, the example is I've got a, a, a client down in uh, outside of Jacksonville, Florida. She's doing transport after school care, but they enroll them, uh, you know, normally for a year, they renew them into black belt and into leadership um, if they shift into Zoom and they don't need daycare, they're still training as a martial artist. Uh, the tuition they're paying for leadership is actually about the same as they'd be uh, paying for uh, the daycare portion. So the daycare is kind of an add-on. It's not the primary thing. And all of them are prepped to think in terms of your becoming a martial artist when you need daycare. Uh, we're happy to pick you up and, and train you when you don't. We'll keep the training going and keeping it. Now, see, that's a completely different world. Right. And I'm a parent, I need my kid warehoused, and this is the least bad option. And, you know, it, it completely changes and, and, and reframes it, uh, just like you were saying, Dwayne, on, on that whole thing. 
Yeah, this is, by the way, um, we have a lot of people commenting on Facebook, you know, this is a great interview, you know, like it, it's, it's great knowledge. Like we call it golden nuggets. I mean, I'm hearing so much that I want to run out and do some changes too. So I love it. And, and I, I believe like, even with um, the advantage of our software, which is one of our sponsors, which is spark, we're able to communicate via text message, email. It's brought me closer to more so now than ever to my clientele. And I believe my retention is jumped because of that, because you got to develop relationships. They have to know that you care, that you're a part of their lives, that you want them to continue. And I love that setting that goal is a big thing because most of the people who do that stay around for a long time yeah so so how do you get your people to set that goal like what do you what do you do with them yeah and, and let's stay on what you said a minute and uh, and then we'll talk about yeah. that but the you know software is great spark you know is a, is a great system one thing or another but it's about human touch right, right? there's uh there was a um um a software company early here in the the, the dot-com boom called blue mountain um uh greeting cards and they got gobbled up by AOL for some ridiculous amount of money. Um, but what they were is they were the, you send me an electronic birthday card and you open it up and it plays as soon and somebody dances and one thing or another. Right. But notice that that only lasted for about 18 months. Okay. It lasted long enough for the owners to get rich before the bubble imploded. But nobody feels warm and fuzzy. I don't feel warm and fuzzy. I've got bank accounts at Chase and at Wells Fargo. I don't feel warm and fuzzy when I get the automated message from, from Wells Fargo. Right, right? right. Now, if I get a handwritten note card from, you know, my instructor, that's a whole different thing. Right. Right. And, you know, text messaging is a hell of a lot better than email nowadays. Before COVID, I was over email. I was like, right. fuck it. I don't, I don't care about email. You know, who, who cares about email? Nobody's reading it. It doesn't get delivered. Uh, and by the way, a stat, I think it's 220 is the average number of emails a person gets per day and four pieces of mail in their mailbox per day. And uh, people are still kind of eager to see what they've got in the mailbox and are depressed, irritated, and frustrated that they have to go through their email yeah. because there might be something that they should have seen. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's not the old, we've got mail era. Right. And, and, so, you know, direct mail from, from a standpoint of prospect follow-up, from a standpoint of student retention, from a standpoint of student recognition is a is hundred times more powerful, especially handwritten or fake handwritten than, than an email ever will be. Now, text messaging is great if it doesn't look automated. I mean, a text message that comes from a, 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 a short code that has a, a, a opt-out link on it. That's, you know, that, that doesn't help you. But if right. it looks like it's a real text message, you've got about 100% open rate, almost 100% uh, read rate. I mean, it's completely different than email still, but it's not gonna be for long because the marketers are moving in and sooner or later text messaging will be the same way. But nothing replaces face-to-face -face conversation, video conversation, telephone or, or, or handwritten note card, right? So although having good databases and so forth is, is useful, especially for marketing, uh, you mentioned Spark. One of the things we do when an opt-in comes in, we make sure whoever's supposed to be doing the outbound call, the program director, let's say, they get a text message immediately. The prospect gets a text message immediately. Of course, the prospect gets email autoresponder and all that crap, but they also get sequential autoresponder text message. It also automatically kicks off direct mail autoresponder. But what we're finding is if somebody's still looking at the web page when you get hold of them, the conversion rate is like 700% higher than if it's just a couple of hours later. And that's somewhere where, where people really uh, miss the ball. You know, we, we, we've had great results. I mean, 100, 150, 200 leads on Facebook in a month for some of our clients. But the ones who have somebody who's immediately doing outbound call, of course, all the other stuff is automated, are getting, you know, 70% to appointment where a lot of the others are getting like 20, 30% to appointment. It makes all the difference in the world. But anyway, go, go, going back to what you, you said, how do you get them committed to train the black belt was your, was yeah. your question. You know, I'm, I'm going to take a, 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 a page out of uh, Jay Kim from Baltimore from many years ago, Kim's karate um, and the old Tracy system. Um, and you know, there's interesting history of how martial arts business evolved, but the old Kempo schools that kind of had come from, um, uh, Ed Parker, 
they used to always do a 10 lesson intro before they enrolled, right? And I kind of think of that as our process to the renewal. So we do lesson one, lesson two, do a trial enrollment. Lesson three through lesson 10 is the conversion to a, a black belt and or, or leadership. And where, where people fall apart on both on the dropout rate, but also on the renewal rate is they're so happy and excited they got enrollment. Oh my goodness, they paid us $200 and they signed a piece of paper that they lob them over into the classroom, have them just kind of showing up for class for a while and then pull them back out and try to pitch them on the new thing later on. Well, that's a disaster, right? What I would much prefer to do, and we've got, you know, Spark will do this as well, but we got a little software application that we use that will remind them by text, remind them by email of the appointment, let them reschedule, we'll make everything by appointment. But the first 10, 12, 15 lessons are really all about getting them oriented to the school, greeting them at the door, uh, answering any questions, prepping them for all the character development aspects. And that's a, another answer to your question, Dwayne, is having to be about more than just the physical. But all of that, and then is prepping them for really what training to black belt means, what they have to do to qualify to black belt. And I, and I, I think part of it is the terminology. All the terminology I always use is, you know, you're, you're coming here to train to black belt and beyond. We're starting you with a trial enrollment so we can evaluate and see if we feel comfortable committing to get you to that point or not. As soon as you qualify, we'll let you know and we'll, uh, we'll talk about um, you know, qualifying you to do that. Well, that's completely different than I'm pitching you on the six-month program, then I'm going to pitch you on the 12-month program, then I'm going to pitch you on the, you know, the next thing. That's great. That makes sense? Well, yeah, and it's what you're saying. It's the, the positioning. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're, 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 the, you're now the buyer. Uh, and as opposed to the seller, right? And uh, you know, I think that's an important, it's an important uh, mind switch for you, but that's also an important uh, position for the school owner that they they need to become the buyer, not the seller, um, in the, in all transactions, but specifically that particular transaction. Yeah, one way to say it is is takeaway selling. Um, Nick Okinas used to, and I stole a lot of his terminology was you're basically put yourself in the mindset of you're the admissions counselor at uh, Harvard and they want to be a doctor, but they're being admitted into, you know, uh, the undergraduate program. So they're having to prove to me and, you know, one or two intro lessons, there's probably not that many hoops they're going to jump through, but to be accepted into our leadership training or accepted into our black belt training, I can get them to jump through quite a few hoops but I can also educate them, excite them, really get them to understand the benefits. And of course, we start with just massive character development, massive um, developmental material early on so that the parents are going, oh, my goodness, if my seven-year-old is learning all of this already, what does he learn on the way? And, and then we're talking about the black belts. And we, one thing we do is black belt essays. We require them, you know, what martial arts has done for me? What are my goals past black belt? But then we have packets of them that we pass out to all the white belts. Yeah. And, you know, it's just stacks and stacks and stacks of oftentimes poorly written, grammatically incorrect, uh, glowing testimonials about everything they've accomplished. It's right. all of that kind of stuff to really prove to the parent and the child what the benefit and the outcome is. And see what most people do, uh, you know, this is, the, this is the, the, the dumbest way to do it is, well, you're paying $150 a month now for an extra $20 a month. You get to learn our, our weapons curriculum also. Well, who cares, right? right? I mean, that's not, and, and by the way, I mean, I'm trying to get people at like a new enrollment $297 a month, the renewals $597 a month, right? I mean, we're talking high price points, but the way I look at it is as a parent, kicking and punching is worth $75 a month, becoming immune to negative peer pressure, really learning how to set goals, attain goals, really becoming a, a leader in school that translates into college, translates into, into life, that's priceless. So if we can transition all of the focus from the physical as the end in itself to the physical as the methodology to get to the mental and emotional development, then it becomes a, a, a priceless experience. Agreed. 
That's amazing. Yeah, I love it. I love everything. I and we're almost out of time. I can't believe yeah, we could probably awesome. we could have probably did, we could probably do another four or five interviews. So maybe we'll have you back if you don't mind in the future. I'd love to. Yeah, and um, and this is great. So we don't have much time left. Would you? What would be? Dwayne, do you agree? Like what maybe give like a little bit of advice, uh, quick synopsis to the struggling school or to the thriving school and just give them a little bit, drop some golden nuggets on, you know, what you think people could do and what they should be focused on. Well, one of the things that I did going back to uh, uh, probably last summer is pretty much everything we were doing behind the scenes with our clients. I just made it publicly available to everybody. Um, You know, my sense was, the industry was going to implode if we didn't really try to do something. And I, I think we probably saved a bunch of them, but of course a bunch of them just, you know, couldn't get it through their head that there was opportunity. Right. Uh, all of that stuff is at martialartsstimulus.com. It had the checklist for being open and people being safe, the things we talked about before, how to do the enrollment process by Zoom if you're still stuck on Zoom, how to, how to do the marketing in an era where a lot of the other opportunities were shut down. So that's all free. There's no obligation and we're not trying to pitch you anything. Uh, you know, from a standpoint of people I work with, they tend to be quarter million and up school already. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of quarter million dollar a year schools that a couple years later, a million dollar a year schools. But, you know, the guy who's doing five, six, seven thousand dollars a month, um, you know, that's not really, it's not going to be a good fit. Right. Right. Um, but that's a starting point. So there's probably 30 hours of material in there for free. Um, and, you know, it's completely no obligation and we're not trying to pitch anything, just trying to, you know, get everybody to be solid. You know, if, if I was going to give two or three pieces of advice is, you know, I, I'm a news junkie, but, you know, I, I sit here and I argue with them, you know, because I, 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 I go through the, the numbers. Probably the best thing to do is turn off the news, turn off your fucking phone, stop taking texts and emails and stop listening to every, you know, all of your friends who are negative and stop listening. Everybody says, oh, my God, you run a martial arts school. I can't imagine you can, you're still alive in this thing. Stop listening to all that stuff. And stop listening to any peers who aren't where you ultimately would like to be, as opposed to people who are where you're at or below, right? And that's a big problem. I mean, people sit around with a whole bunch of other broke martial arts schools and actually listen to their opinion. I got, I got a bad reputation all the way back to like 1984, because I got really good at going, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want to have your numbers, so don't tell me, because I, you know, I, I might absorb some of it through, uh, you know, subliminally. Uh, you know, I- don't tell me. But if you, if you turn off the news and you stop listening to all of the, and of course our, our new president's as bad as Jimmy Carter. I mean, he's, you know, he's trying to tell you how horrible everything is. Um, The um, um, you know, look at opportunity, look at people who are really thriving and take an agnostic view of, of it. And I got to tell you whether, whether you're forced to be hundred percent shut down uh, or whether you can be hundred percent open or anything in between, there's more opportunity. I think right now, than ever before. And an awful lot of what the excuses were, I mean, you know, before I, you know, I was worried that my renewal was going to go spend all their money in Disney for the week. Well, you know, this year they didn't go spend all the money in Disney and they didn't go spend all their money at, uh, at Morton's or, uh, you know, other expensive steakhouses. In fact, there were studies um, as a uh, last point here, Harvard did a study on credit card records and you know what they found where, you know, we're spending all the stimulus into the, into the economy, but with most people, they were paying down their credit card balances. They were spending less on their credit cards. They had more discretionary income and they were doing less discretionary spending because when you shut down the massage, you know, the um, spas and you shut down the uh, uh, travel and you shut down a lot of the expensive restaurants and so forth, you know, what were they going to spend it on? So our target market has more money than they've ever had, has less problems than they ever had with rare exceptions. You know, if they were, if they owned a restaurant or if they, uh, you know, are in the travel industry, you know, that's a different story, but generally most office workers did better. Most, you know, Amazon workers did better. Most tech workers did better, uh, you know, and so forth. So there's plenty of opportunity out there. Yeah, that's great. It's so I have so many more questions for you. I know we're out of time though. 
right? It's amazing. I could just listen forever to you speaking about this. And, and you're right, though. I, I, you know, that's one thing I always tell people is to purge themselves from the negativity. Stop listening. You, you know, everyone loves to complain. Everyone's got a horror story. Everyone's got the news is nothing but propaganda that's trying to depress you and keep you in a slumber and like, you know, to get you to follow the sheep. So I'm really sickened by what I've seen over the last four years, you know, or more. But uh, so I, I agree with you. There's a great clip that I shared, uh, but it's from the uh, the movie Bombshell, mm-hmm. which of course was about the sex, you know, the, the sexual harassment scandal at Fox News. And of course they were trying to make Fox News look bad. It's funny, Apple TV did the same one that was on, um, uh, what was the guy, the, the morning show on the uh, CBS, uh, Matt Lauer. Right, right. Uh, the Apple TV show was about Matt Lauer. They just didn't say it was Matt Lauer. Bombshell was about Fox News. And they, right. you know, they tried to make all of the guys look bad. But there's a great clip, which is what is a Fox News story? And what doesn't matter whether it's CNN or MSNBC or anybody else, the clip applies where basically she's saying it needs to be something that would, you know, scare your grandmother, piss off your grandfather. And, you know, it, 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 I'd suggest everybody, everybody watch it. Yeah. But that's what all news is anymore. I mean, all news is clickbait. Yeah. And, and they're all, you know, narrow casting the people who agree with them. So right. there's no critical thinking left anymore. It's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, a great quote. I stole this from Tom Hopkins years ago. He said, never take advice from someone who's more screwed up than you are. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, in, in all businesses, but certainly with martial arts, I mean, that's just endemic. Yeah. You, know, you get you get into a group of your people in your association and they're all broke. So you're listening to what they say and you go, Oh, this must be hard. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, it must be okay that I'm, that I'm losing money and I'm right. going to have to go back to, you know, being a carpenter. No, I mean, it just, you know, never take advice from somebody more screwed up than you are is a, is a really good way to live in, in all, in all areas or at least learn how to do this and, and ignore them. Yeah, that's such that's such great advice. And I hope the listeners, I mean, uh, one of our listeners said, said, I uh, definitely should have you back for the future for another podcast episode. So we'll be doing that and probably within the next few months and have you back as long as your schedule permits. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah. I'll even get the time zone right this time. Yeah. <laughs> good. Well, we got you on. So that yeah, it, it all worked out fine. Yeah, that's perfect. Very good. So um, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Dwayne, did you want to close it up? And then we normally just talk about our sponsors real quick. And, and uh, yeah, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. It's great seeing you in person and talking to you. I always enjoy yeah, our it, conversation. Yeah, it's been a while. You know, they, they, they start having a hard time getting me enthused about going to Atlantic City in January. Oh, I, so, I know, right? I know it's a yeah. tough one. Yeah, that's a great place to think about the mindset, right? And you and I once, I think you said to me once when we were chatting behind the scenes, you said, wow, this is the biggest group of martial artists that have quality skills that are martial artists, but have no business idea at all on how to run a school. So I, I think less diplomatically, I, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. I this is the, the, the largest group of broke people I've ever seen assembled in one place. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, was, was, was probably what my comment was. I was trying to be as nice about it. <laughs> I, I, I try not to be politically correct. I've been pretty, you know, I've been, been pretty good today. I discussed a couple of times. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It was kind of funny. Uh, I, I remember hearing about you and then of course reading your marketing material before I became a client and, and uh, I, I just knew that you were successful, but I, I uh, also heard that you were a jerk. And so uh, then when I got to meet you, I was like, no, he's not a jerk. He's just direct. Like he's yeah. just straight to the point. And, yeah. you know, so, which was, was a- actually, I mean, for me, that's exactly what I needed at the time. It's, re- it's refreshing too. It's like, you know, honesty is something that you don't get many times at much anymore. You know, it's not really something that you see. It's not a, a trait that people are, you know, following. Yeah. It's right. all about fake, fake news. Fake, I, fake I, I have a, I, I, the last story I have a client, his name's Colby Winkler. We were down in Clearwater beach a couple of years ago. And I had gotten him to go from like 20 or 30,000 a month to 90,000. And he had gone from charging like $80 a month to $250 a month. And he's in small town, uh, Minnesota, Mankato, Minnesota, if you know where that is. I don't, but it's right. you know, out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and he was talking and he said, well, you know, I'm with this other group of people and I had heard about all your stuff and one thing or another, but I thought you were an asshole. <laughs> and um, um, I just didn't want to, you know, 
um, um, and, and we didn't get it on tape. So I, every time we saw him, I said, I need to get that on tape. He said, what's that? I said, you calling me an asshole. And then, you know, it's feel, felt, found. Here's how I felt. You know, other people have felt the same way. What they found is I, I, I need that on tape. Um, and I never could. He would, every time he turned on the video recorder, he went like kinder, gentler on me. Um, <laughs> but it, it was the same thing. He said, uh, you know, I, I, I did a couple of your free things. And I added like twenty thousand uh, dollars gross, and I said if I added that much just by that, I, you know, maybe I should talk to him, even though he's an asshole. And then he, right. I talked to you, and you were, you know, you're not an asshole. You just, you know, you know, you don't mince words. Yes, and I actually appreciate that. So, and and it's been wonderful getting to uh, uh, chat with you because it's it's been a while. So yeah, it's definitely been too long. Um, um, you know, I've I've kind of become a hermit. I sit I sit up here on you know at eight thousand foot elevation right now in the middle of a, a blizzard and evergreen. And you know, the only time I travel is when I'm taking my son to uh, Universal or something like that. I try not to, uh, you know, um, spend a lot of time in all the different martial arts events every, everywhere. Yeah, very well. Good. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, we appreciate your time. We definitely yeah, will have you back on. Um, thank you but, anytime. Uh, I want to just remind everybody to, uh, one, uh, obviously uh, check out Spark Membership, um, you know, the, uh, the software company that we use. And, uh, and then, you know, look, if you're looking for Facebook advertising, we got Lead Hunter Media uh, with Gus Lopez. Also, if you need your uh, uh, website done, Allie's website company with Elite Insights. And then Allie, uh, our new sponsor, yeah, our new sponsor is Academy Kings, which is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu coaching business system. And um, they dropped some great bombs on our last uh, great, great golden nuggets and um, information bombs on our last uh, podcast as well about value and how to build income within a school. So good yep. guys too, really nice guys, straightforward. So they're sponsoring our show and we'll have their logos up and we're ready to go. So again, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, and then Mr. Oliver, what if somebody wants to get in contact with you? One, give give me the uh, the web address that you gave already. Um, um, MartialArtStimulus.com. Okay. The other one that Ali had mentioned was um, um, MartialArtsWealth.com, and that's got the uh, a couple of the books for free and some other free videos and so forth. Do you have up there? Uh, I everything I wish I knew when I was twenty two. I do. That is that is. A phenomenal one. If you, nobody does anything else but download that, I mean, that is just that's a phenomenal one. Yeah, that one in the uh, the Mile High Maverick book. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. Are both there are, are both there for free. Um, uh, the phone number is seven two zero, which nobody's gonna write it down, but seven two zero two five six zero two zero eight. If you want to give us a call and and uh, chat about anything, that'll get to my assistant uh, Bob Dunn. Yeah, and I'll get that. I'll put that on the website as well, you know, because we take the podcast and, and it's at schoolownertalk.com. So that will be linked on there. And then we'll also link it underneath this post as well. Fabulous. All right, sir. Thank you so much, Dwayne. Great guys. seeing you. I'm honored to have you here, sir. We'll talk to you real soon. Take care. Thanks. All right, bye.